YPC. So it starts with actually biotech because I am a bio major and I knew as a freshman I was not going to do any pre-med stuff or I'm not going to go into academia because if you have like a big dead rat in front of you and they tell you to cut it open and you see rats running around on campus, like that's not a huge incentive. Yeah, so I was interested in biotech because it applies more of the biology that we learn in the classroom to things you can actually use and see which is a lot more tangible than most biology. So when COVID hit, I was interning for our, our biotech company and I really liked the idea of biotech in general. Mm-hmm. And this person called Eric Coster, who's a professor at the business school, he reached out to me and said, Tian, do you want to be a published author? Whoa. And I thought he was a scam because he just reached out to me. But I did my research, sent it to my friends, and he was real. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity to jump into entrepreneurship. So excuse me, what I wrote about was how we can be entrepreneurs in our own right by being intrinsically successful by being ourselves. So I asked them, I asked 20 entrepreneurs from all different backgrounds, immigrants, people of color, women, high school dropouts and college dropouts, what it means to be successful and their definition of successful. And through that, I shaped my own understanding of success, what I can do with my life, what my future trajectory could be. Mm-hmm. And with that, published my book, Exceptionally Average. And with that, I couldn't be an author writing a book about entrepreneurship without being an entrepreneur myself. Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. You gotta speak what you actually are. Exactly. So, um, I am from Australia. I went to Good high heart. school in Sydney. Nice. I went to high school in Western Massachusetts. I live in San Francisco and now we're here in DC. So, much of the communication I do with my extended family is through phone calls. Nice. Um, I left China when I was six. But my grandfather is always like, when are you coming home? When are you coming to visit? Like, we'll spend time with you. But throughout the progression of this past 16 years, he's forgetting why he's asking when I'm coming home. He's forgetting who I am, that I actually am grown. Like, I can drive a car, but he doesn't think, he doesn't believe that I can. But who's going to trust, like, a 10-year-old diagnosing her grandfather with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's? Like, no one's going to believe that. And these intrinsic holes in our healthcare system within society are breaking apart millions of families because my story is really not unique. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a dopamine sensor that can detect our internal imbalances in dopamine that lead to Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, related dementias, and to understand that. I try to be a biotech startup, but in the world of Elizabeth Holmes, when her trial is going on because of Theranos, it's very much like, do you have the science to back it up? But no, I don't have the science because I don't have the money. Well, who's going to trust like a college student to have the money to do some experiments? So no money, no data, no data, no money. So I was stuck in that hole and I really couldn't get out of it. Nobody would believe me. I couldn't do the science. Also COVID, I couldn't get into labs. So. I want to see what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. Like, how can you take your idea, the one, one that you actually believe in, and take it to market, get revenue, be positive with cash flow? So that's when I pivoted to VC because I want to see how they did it, like why they did it, like what is driving them to do it, and listening to like a thousand no's, but having that one yes can change the entire trajectory of like who you are and what you can do. So that's why VC. Okay, so out of those uh, thousand, if I'm, if I'm, you said a lot, but out of the thousand pitches you've listened to, uh, can we, can we t- extract some meta lessons from from all like the pitches you've heard? I mean, I know you worked at the like investment com- uh, VC like competition, or and like I just I know you've spent a lot of time like hearing VC pitches. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. So can we? So let's 
so like, numbers wise numbers wise like you have to have good numbers you have to believe in what you're doing you have to have traction you have to have customers you have to have a market you have to have like a game plan but game plans can change like entrepreneurs you have to be ready for anything and everything like you can't really expect things to go exactly your way because hey like who anticipated covid mm-hmm. right so if you have a game plan and you're willing to change on the spot with things that life throws at you mm-hmm. you'll be fine i think it's like the discipline to be able to stay on track but also the flexibility and nimbleness to pivot when necessary right, right. Yeah, which I mean, I feel like it's it's difficult for a lot of people to strike that balance because it's like without the data sometimes like I mean, that's kind of like where you want to be making decisions off of like based on the data. But it's difficult because pivoting is kind of it's it's not like an easy you don't know exactly like when to pivot or what to pivot to. You kind of know when to pivot because you're making absolutely no progress no matter how much time and money you throw at it. Okay, but. Do you, uh, what about like my, more minor pivots? I guess, I mean, I guess you could break it down pivots into like major changes and like slight redirections. Like, I feel like slight redirections, um, you can like, don't need to be like complete overhauls and complete change, uh, changing the direction of where you're going, but just like add ons, or maybe, maybe pivot isn't the right word, word for less so major. So, what we, learn in like entrepreneurship classes here is the lean startup method do as much as you can with as little money as you can and get as much data as you can so what i think you're talking about like the small pivots is like you talk to a lot of people you have like your assumptions let's say a to d Mm -hmm. you have these assumptions you test all those assumptions and whatever assumption is supported by the data you get from talking to people that is what you go with so you can, you can have all these forks in the road but then something pushes you one way and you go that way so it's not like a huge pivot but you have options laid out in front of you mm-hmm. I, I love college because I was in Laos the other day and I was hearing I heard um, a zoom call between a founder and like a, a senior class like doing like a seminar and I just like randomly dropped in on it sat outside the door listened and that's exactly what he was talking about he was addressing the question which I feel like a lot of people are in is like uh, the non-technical founder role in a tech startup um, which I feel like is like a lot of people's situ- uh, situation for for whatever reason and he was saying basically what you just said get like get to your MVP talk to or first talk to as many people as possible see if there's an actual problem uh, that has a market. Um, like, are you the one that can do it? Like, do you, have, do you have the right people to put in place, like in the different positions? And then like, before you like, go absolutely insane, like trying to find the perfect CTO, see what you can do yourself. Like uh, have like a, uh, like a low, low level code prod- uh, product and just like get to your MVP as fast as possible. And then like once you have an idea that you can show people, like something more substantial that you can show people, then it's gonna start attracting like the better technical talent for you to like onboard. So you, the meta lesson here is that you always have to show people that you're worth going after. You have to show people a product. You have to convince people be an entrepreneur, you need to be good at sales, you need to pitch yourself, you need to pitch your product, you need to pitch your vision. Because in early stages, it's not about the money. It's about the person. It's about the vision. It's about the dedication. It's about the personality. Do you want to work with that person? Do you believe in that person? Do you trust that person? And after that, 
comes the money, the traction. That's the difference between VC and private equity. Because private equity, are you having the right numbers? Are you an accountant? Can you like read those numbers? Mm-hmm. But pri- but venture capital is more about. Do you believe in that person is more human centric than number centric? That's why I'm attracted to VC, because I'm human centric. Mm-hmm. Which, because, like, with in this world of like increasing tech, uh, like increasing technology, increasing data, um, just everything kind of moving in. It's all like a lot of people would argue like that we're moving away from like our roots like humanities whatever and so it's like what is the role of a per- like a people person in business and it's like I saw some tweet from or some post on LinkedIn I think it was like Peter Thiel or something and he was like uh, all investors are people all founders are people uh, all all customers are people it's like uh, business is a people game but I feel like it's easy to forget that in in this world of like like what we're interested in is so specialized, whether it's right. like bi- biotech or like uh, be- like better machine learning algorithms to look at like huge swaths of data. Like those are super technical skills, but I feel like maybe the role of a person, like just speaking selfishly, like more like me, uh, like more of a piece pe- person, like I feel like manager type is like getting people, getting those people together in the right, like creating the right environment, getting those people together in one place and kind of pointing them in one direction and then like like we said before keeping the discipline uh going in that direction what's your end game you asked that before with my podcast i don't have the end game i love the journey i just love doing it i think it, uh, life's i mean i know i'm gonna die one day that's the end game i'm gonna die so i don't know have vc is, is such a cool avenue because you can have i think it's one where all the interesting technology is and you can have such a massive impact, and there's so much money going around um, that like you can make a, like such a big impact. Um, so I don't know what the end game is. Help the world as much as possible before I die. Through VC entrepreneurship. I don't know. Uh, I was talking with the C- COO of Index Ventures randomly because we both got stuck at the same hotel in Anguilla in the lobby, and. <laughs> And I was talking to her, and, sh- and I was telling her like about my interest in VC, and she's like, she's like, yeah, you should be an entrepreneur. Um, there's so much money, like there's so much capital available, like being given out. Like the like obviously you know about how the valuations are absolutely insane right now. Like people are throwing money at everything and hoping it sticks, which is like a reasonable game, especially when Tiger is like doing what they're doing. Like everyone kind of has to play that similar game. But it's like when when you ask me what, uh, VC or entrepreneurship, it's like. The reason why I'm studying business, like why I'm learning about all these things, is so like when I guess the the proper company idea hasn't hit me yet. Like I I've had so many ideas, like have all this stuff, but uh, I'm kind of like I feel like I'm building the structure so that when the right idea finally comes, I'll be able to harness everything at once and move really quickly on it. What's really really interesting? What's what's your end goal? I think I'm suited to be a founder. I'm good with people. I have good ideas. I know how to execute them. I just, just I'm not in the right place right now to do what I want to do. I don't have the professional experience, the yeah, financial backing. So I'm learning. Yeah. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yeah. I love it. I feel like I feel like it's the same thing. Just like learning as much as possible, so that when like when it is time. You can go, you have like all the tools necessary. I feel like I'm right. building my toolkit right now. You have plenty of time. Yeah, so what, how old are you? I'm 22. 22, nice. 
Are you gonna ask me how old I am? No, I'm about to graduate. Okay. What, you? <laughs> yeah. Nice. And like, what are you doing after that? Well, I know you're working at, you're working at two VC firms right now? I'm working at this one. Yeti? No. No! <laughs> no. No. I can't, it's so funny no. that you hear the Australian no. accent sometimes. No. no. <laughs> what is it, Savannah? Savannah, Savannah Capital Partners. Savannah Capital Partners? Yeah. What's their uh, AUM? Um, they invest in technology-enabled companies, so a very, very wide range. So, so Same with every other VC firm. <laughs> yeah, this one's minimum revenue is $20 million. Um, yeah. It's, I, I like, if you were, if you were starting your own VC uh, firm, what would be your, would you be late stage, early stage? Would there be certain requirements? Would it be strictly bi biotech? Would you be receptive of anything? Would there, would it be a certain age the founders would have to be, a certain level of experience, certain demographic? What's, what's the philosophy of, of your... I think... I've and actually if written you want to toss out a name. <laughs> oh, I don't have a name. For <laughs> Go name it. later. Um, I think diverse founders with companies that have attained traction. Mm, international is kind of a big range, but nationally, who have like the not to be cliche, but the the desire to change the world. But how do you separate the people that say they have the desire to change the world and the people that actually do? Like, how traction. do you traction? Like how Go much on. they have actually done? Because everyone can talk. We can have this conversation and do absolutely nothing about yeah. it. Who's actually going to be the trailblazer, make the first step, mm -hmm. like put the shovel in the ground? Mm -hmm. That those people really—it's the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like those. I wish there was a way to uh, an AR where you can scan, scan people and find the people that allow actually, like you said, execute, like take the like the people that will genuinely take the initiative. I think you can tell by a conversation. Really? It's, like, it's pretty evident. Like for example, my housemate, you can have the most extravagant conversation with him. Does he do anything? No. Ridiculous ADHD. Cannot sit down. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can tell. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can. I mean, I guess I want to play devil's advocate and say that people are complicated, and maybe they're just not either not in the right position now, or I don't know. Maybe maybe they are able to execute, but it doesn't seem like it. Or I agree. You just have to find the right thing. Anything else, absolutely anything else that's not cryptocurrency, he would not do in like twenty four hours. If it's crypto. He would do in the millisecond. Mm -hmm. He has grown his like five grand investment to like thirty grand. Like mm -hmm. that's what he likes. That's what he wants to do. That's his thing. Mm -hmm. Like if it's about his thing, he's gonna do it. Like he's found his niche. Like that's the love of his life. That's awesome. Anything else? No. That's cool. So like from a conversation, you can't tell. Well, that's hopeful then. Then I guess you don't need the AR scanning technology. You just have to have a conversation with someone. This podcast is doing a trick. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's part part of the goal, I guess. To. I mean, it's really more of like the podcast is really more of like alert, selfish learning experience for me, talking to as many smart people as possible and like getting a better understanding of the world in general. But I guess like as as I like say I wanted to be a founder, it would be it would be a great avenue of scouting for talent. 
or if, or if I'm in the VC role, having an hour and a half conversation with someone is a really great way to get to know whether they're bullshitting you or not, which is... You can tell in the first like 10 minutes. Like an hour and a half of your time, that's just so much of your time. Like you... Well, maybe it's a lot of time, but I like the hour and a half, if the people are genuine. Maybe, maybe, maybe the ones that are bullshitting, we can cut them off at the seven minute mark. And the ones that are genuine. That's very true. And the I, ones think, that are I think it's just like, with me, I'm ridiculously efficient. So like an hour and a half to me is like, I need to be invested to be in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. If it's like we're having a conversation, half an hour. Mm -hmm. Like time is a fucking currency. <laughs> yeah, is that how you think? Uh, over COVID, I became obsessed with time. Like I knew exactly what time, like to the minute the sun would set, sun would go up, like how much time I need to sleep to feel energized, how much time I need to sleep in the day, how much time I'm gonna work out, how much time this essay is gonna take me. Like I knew exactly how much things are gonna take me without the distractions of social relationships. Without, say the last part? Without the influence of social relationships. Why, why add that part? It's Wait. COVID. Oh, you're completely locked off. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. What were you doing during COVID, grinding? I wrote a book and started a company. Yeah. Well, being a full-time student and like getting 4.0. <laughs> that's grinding. Good shit. That's respectable. Sure. Nice. Like I'm still psychotic. I still do so much, but like, hey, if you're liking it. But you're not it. driving yourself insane. No, I have plenty of time to like hang out with friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot less than you, but I feel like when people are just like swamped or like they haven't slept in like two days, I'm like, how? Like, it's really not that hard to get all the stuff you need to get done do it well work out and like and see your friends like it's not difficult to do it took me years to do this though like mm -hmm. freshman year i was sleeping like six hours hanging out with my friends drinking a little too much mm -hmm. but like everyone has to go through that phase if you don't go through that phase either you have some like bottled up resentment or like you're not gonna figure it out <laughs> yeah or maybe yeah or maybe you're just trying to have have a little bit of fun I feel like I feel like maybe like I'm I'm in that phase because I know, like this summer for instance, like I don't think I'm gonna do, um, like a traditional internship. I I already have another job. I'm a first mate on a fishing boat, and I summer um, a what a fishing boat. Okay. I'm a first mate, so I so part I of the what that means a first mate. So um, I'm surprised if you're from Sydney, you don't know what a first mate. Um, my dad owns a, a 44 passenger fishing, fishing boat, um, a big wooden boat, and we take people um, five miles out and go bottom fishing. So I meet a hundred new people every single day in the summer and like build those relationships. So that's like part of the reason why, like, or how I've been able to hone like my people skills just by a massive amount of data and interacting with so many different different types of people from different backgrounds, like wealthy, poor, every, everything across this like giant range. And also like instilling that sense of like service in me where I, I am really nothing other than um, the person who's supposed to help these people have the best time possible. And so like what, like whatever you're doing, you are, you're trying to provide value to people. So it like, it kind of adjusts like in, in the VC role, like if you're in the VC role, like you're, you're a mentor, you're uh, providing capital, you're get, letting them get access like to your network and your firm's network. But on, on the water, I'm just trying to make sure people have fun and that their lines don't get tangled while they're fishing and that they can catch fish and have some dinner tonight. How would you think your huge 
exposure to transitory relationships has shaped the person that you have become? I don't know if I would consider them transitory. I don't think like that. I each, like when I'm in the moment, when I'm talking to them, it isn't transitory, it's everything. Like when I'm with you right now, it's not transitory. Like obviously we're gonna be done in 20 minutes or whenever we are, but like you are the only thing I care about right now. I'm but not thinking my, about anything else. My question else. is sometimes when you meet someone, you're like neutral about them, or maybe you like them, or maybe you don't like them. Like every time I meet someone, they're neutral unless they gave me a reason to like them or dislike them. Okay. So after you cross, like maybe you interact with people a different way, maybe it's like you always, it's always a positive relationship, maybe it's always a negative, but judging by like this conversation, it's not always negative. So like, once you progress down a relationship, you learn more things about the other person, it could be good or bad. Mm -hmm. My thing is, if you, if I have a very long conversation, like a long relationship with someone, both the good and bad come out. It just depends mm -hmm. how much I can tolerate. Mm -hmm. How is that? So you meet a huge amount of people mm -hmm. day to day. So mm -hmm. how do you think that quantity of people, but you only see them for the day, has changed the way you've navigated yourself? Navigated myself? Navigated yourself in this journey we call life. Damn, you're hitting me with that deep shit. You wanted a conversation. Hell yeah, I wanted a conversation. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to answer that. Um, I guess, like, say my goal is to provide people with the the like the best experience possible. I take that as if that's possible, they need to be open and willing to have a great um, a great experience. Some people like on a private like we do private charters, and sometimes it'll just be a four person family. It's like a lot more expensive, and sometimes the kids are sitting on their phone, and the father's on a business call, and the mom and the mom's just like sitting there like cold or whatever. It's like you. I feel like I've gotten good at reading people and seeing like what they're uh, open to and what they're not open to. And I mean, obviously, I'm looking for those people that like are willing to connect like open to engaging and want and share the energy of i mean this is my dad which pisses me off sometimes especially like when i was when i was younger in the like breakfast table in the morning but he, he's the type of person to be like yeah today's the greatest day of my entire life and and he's genuine about it which is amazing so it's like it's getting the that person's sense of energy whether they think yeah today's just like a shitty day nothing really matters like not like I mean, I take a, like an uh, optimist, uh, uh, optimistic nihilist approach. Like, really, in the end, I think that, like we're gonna die. Nothing like r ultimately really matters. Like, the Earth's gonna end. Whatever. It's a it's a simulation. Call it whatever you want. But like in the day to day, it feels so real. So I'm like, all right, well, why not take big? Like, if if everything's gonna end, if you're gonna die, take big chances. Talk to new people. Like, just do everything that you can. Like, take those big risks because you know it's all gonna come crashing to a, a flaming end at, at the end of it all. Have you ever struck a stranger in the middle of the road? Have, have a I ever what? With them? Have strangers in the road have conversation with them? What stopped them dead in the road? Yeah. I talk to a lot of people. I don't know if I've ever stopped them in the middle of the road, just like, stop, I need to speak with you. But Try I'll, that. I, what? Try that. Do you do that? I mean, I just, I'll, I'm gonna say a lot of my freshmen. A lot of my friends, younger friends, Ask me how I meet people. Like most of my friends, don't. by saying hi. They don't look like me. They don't sound like me. Um, I usually decrease the average height of a room by six foot, like a foot, or like twelve inches. And I, 
usually I'm the smallest person in the room just by like sheer size. I don't have friends who look like me and it's just very interesting because I just meet people. Like if I know that they might know me and we acknowledge each other, I'm just going to start a conversation with them because like what's to lose? They ignore me? Cool. Not mm -hmm. the end of the world. And so when you're approaching that, sem I call them a semi-stranger or maybe a, maybe a semi-friend, glass half full, glass empty, did you find like are you searching for commonalities that you have with each other and identifying those in the, in the opening line? Like strategically or like at a, at I a very... I think that comes a little too naturally, so yes. I'm, it, it doesn't take that much effort to find the commonality. Mm -hmm. It's like you know them from that one place, so why not bring up that one place where we have the commonality? Because mm -hmm. people are more open to talking about commonalities and differences. Yeah, yeah. I get that. All right, um, going back to when you were talking about Definitions of success. What's your definition of success? There was a guy I talked to. He was kind of, he was the story I highlighted in my book. So he, I can't remember. He was homeless when he was four. His parents divorced when he was seven. His father was shot dead when he was 11. And he broke his leg they still got a full scholarship to Georgetown to play football and he created a nonprofit to raise 500 families out of poverty in the local DC area to give back to the people that have raised him and he was struggling with depression and anxiety and all the stuff that comes with like a regular person um, in college mm -hmm. and he offered up a few bad spirals his definition of success is being able to wake up every single morning, being satisfied of where you are, being able to like go out to his garden, water his flowers, to tell himself it's a good day, mm -hmm. and to appreciate and love the guy looking back at him in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I think being comfortable with myself, with where I am, not having anxiety, being just content with everything is my definition of success. Okay. So say that's like... I mean, this is obvious, like, say that's the, like the Buddhist stance, uh, like accepting, accepting where you are now, like uh, no desires, no attachments, like it's just, it's kind of like just the present moment and being completely content and satisfied with where you are, like exactly what you just said. How do you balance that, that stance of being perfectly okay with where you are and having goals and motivations and drives into the future? Because aren't those like inherently unreconcilable? Like. Like, I'm happy with where I am now. I also want to be somewhere else and be something else. Like, I, I'm, I want to be what I am right now and I'm happy with what I am, but I also want to be something different and I want to be somewhere else. It's funny because I'm absolutely not religious at all. Okay. So then I forget the Buddhist, like, shit. Just, I'm happy with where I am now. It's interesting because I know, like... I know what I can do, I know what my body can tolerate, I know I don't drink coffee because it makes me anxious. I know that if I put three hours into an exam, I can get a pretty good score that I'm satisfied with. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to push myself, I'm not going to pull an all-nighter because I want to get like two more points on that exam, but mm -hmm. I know what I am capable of doing. I'm not going to push myself to the extreme because I know what I can do by myself in my day-to-day -day is sufficient. For example. 
I am a full-time student at Georgetown, finishing out my senior year as a major with a concentration, with a minor, with a certificate. I am working two jobs, one as a TA, one as an intern at the Georgetown Entrepreneurship Center, and I have three internships at three VC firms. Like, but I'm still surviving. I still have time to How work the fuck out. are you still surviving? Ten hours of sleep, working out, work an hour or two every day, uh-huh. hang out with friends, check in with my mentees, call my parents every single day, like... I'm having a good life. Mm-hmm. Like I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can say yes to when I have to say no. Like I know my limits and I am doing fine. That's my definition of fine. That's very different to everyone else's definition mm-hmm. of fine because no two people are the same, but I think I know myself well enough to know what I'm able to achieve. So you, you use the word fine, like maybe maybe to me that would be like exceptional. Right. So, do you consider that? Are you at a place where you self assess, uh, self assess where that, where what you are right now is exceptional or fine? I can do more. I finish my work like on a Thursday. I just kind of hang out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like I can do more, but I'm just trying to treat myself because it's senior year, and I'm just yeah. trying to hang out with my friends and play spike ball. Yeah. Hell yeah. So it's just like I can do more, but I don't want to break myself. That's why I'm good with fine. I want. I don't want to be exceptional because that's going to be my breaking point. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's balance. It's. It took me a while to find it. Yeah. Four years at Georgetown. Yeah. Georgetown is crazy because I just had dinner again with one of my freshmen, one of one someone who's like completely new to college, mm-hmm. and he's killing himself drinking. I think. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. So five mm-hmm. days a week. Yep. And has papers and probably is getting COVID. Mm-hmm. And like, he's going to learn how to manage. Everyone mm-hmm. does their own thing. It just takes time. Like, yeah. He's going to get a great scholarship, like a great, great career. He's going to invite me to his penthouse in 10 years' time. Like, he's, mm-hmm. that's going to happen, but yeah. it takes time. That's a lot of trust that you have in the future. Do you like, you can tell. I'm telling you, you can tell. So it's, da- it's, it's data driven. It's not data driven, it's personality driven, it's conversation driven. Like you can have a conversation with someone, you can tell. Like my housemate who's into crypto, Mm -hmm. you can tell. You're going to visit his house Mm -hmm. in like the Bahamas or an exotic place because Mm -hmm. you can tell he's dedicated and he's going to make a bunch of money. Like you can tell. Mm -hmm. It's about like... It's just, it's, it's maybe like refreshing to me because I feel like not, uh, maybe not that many people are as certain as you are about like, I mean... So for example... When I was in Australia, I went to an all-girls school. Every single class you have with your home group, except for math. Math, you are segregated starting in the third grade from the smart kids to the mediocre kids. Mm-hmm. I was in that class mm-hmm. from third grade to when I left Australia. Mm-hmm. So in ninth grade. Okay. Most of those girls, I would say like 80% of those girls In the smart class. In the smart class continuously from the third grade to the ninth grade mm-hmm. are at... Stanford, yeah. Princeton, Northwestern, Yale, Georgetown, me, Oxford. That's based on data, though. So I mean, I guess maybe too. Like just like knowing them, just like knowing this very this, albeit small sample, mm-hmm. you can tell. Like you can tell people. You can tell. But also, if you didn't know them at all, and they were just blank faces that were in the top of their math class in, in a good Australian all girls private, I'm assuming uh, school, you know that they're going to go to the best colleges. You don't need to know their personality types. You know that, like, I mean, if they're excelling in math, like, they're not, like, if they're in the top of the class, they're not going to go to some shit state school unless they can't afford it. The majority are going to go to the best college whether you know them or not. So, 
one of those data points is my good friend. She was teaching herself like computer science, Russian, um, like some bizarre few languages. Fellas, so in Australia, we have something called the HSEs, the high school certificates, and you have this one exam that determines where you go to college, your future profession. So stressful, they do. They have those in, in, I've watched like videos in like Korea, China, like they have that. And a single exam, like for eight hours at a time, right, it's insane. So for her high school exam, for her HSC, she fell asleep in her English exam, woke up in a daze, started writing Russian, and failed out. Oh my god, so that's awesome. So she couldn't get into any of the schools that she was bound to get into. She was the smartest kid. She was on full scholarship. You don't school. get a do over? And she took the SAT, so went to UPenn. Okay, that's cool. That's so insane. I'm saying, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get, I get your point. That's sick. It's just like from my experience, you can tell. Yeah. Whether that's it's sick. like personality or like maybe data, maybe a mixture of both, I don't know, but like. Yeah. People. I, I honestly like yeah people is such a big fucking thing and I feel like if you can if you can take those people skills and then actually learn some like technical skills that's like what makes you unstoppable like that's what that's what I feel like I'm here now or, like l just learning in general like I have those base people skills so do you so like so do a lot of people Not if you have people I'm telling you like People skills is going to be the differentiator because... I hope so. It would work well for us. In VC, it comes down to personality. It just, like, every... Like, most firms have a very, very small team, and they... Every single person has to have a respectable, like, decision-making process, but mm -hmm. if they don't want to work with you, they don't want to work with you. Mm -hmm. I am the youngest person at my firm by, like, five to eight years, and... That's right. I am doing this, I don't know what it's called, an opportunity thing, like a, just like a write-up. I'm doing the same work as an MBA student who is 80 years my senior and has a fiance. We're doing the absolute same work. Like, mm -hmm. It's personality driven because mm -hmm. they know that I can just be like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Like, Relationships also do matter too, so much in your career and is personality that like everyone can do anything but your personality determines whether you can do it or not mm -hmm. everyone has a capacity to do anything right. but whether but the personality is whether they will do it or right. not exactly i love it <sighs> yeah. i mean you've you've restored my hope in or my my I'm i guess trust in people's skills like i'm just very i would say i'm just very different to any person you find on the street why why are you so different? Like, most of my friends are guys. Most of my friends are athletes. Like, you would not, like, if you take me, like, I have very many different personalities, and, like, my professional personality is not who I, like, is not the, the definition of me. Like, I hang out with, like, mostly guys who mm -hmm. most girls are scared of or talk to or, like, go home with on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But, like, they're my best friends. Like, I don't have a, the, I wouldn't say I have a very traditional view of the world because of my nuanced, like, history, personal history. Okay, well, can can you give your view of the world then? I mean, obviously we've touched on it, but you just said view of the world, so now I have to ask you. I'm very cynical. Really? I wouldn't yeah. have expected that. No, I just don't have that much, I don't have high expectations of people because you have t if you have too much emotions riding on one thing, you're gonna get disappointed. 
So yeah. I'm just like, I'm just living by myself as a very extroverted person. Just, I'm very good at being with myself and by myself. So like whoever comes into my life, comes into my life, they're there for a reason. And when people leave, like I don't get upset because mm -hmm. I'm so like content with the way I am because I think most people need that. I'm very much generalizing, but this was me in a past life. Mm -hmm. A lot of people need extroversion. People need to be with other people, need to get drunk because they are not inherently satisfied with the person they are and they want to forget about who they are. I, f I forget, I always forget who says it, uh, said it, but there's a quote that I love. All of man's problems stem from his inability to sit in a, a room by himself. The person you want to spend the most time with in your life it's is you. yourself. You're stuck in your head all day. You're not in the world. You're in your. You're. Right. You are. You're locked into yourself. You're facing yourself the whole time. I was not happy with self. I was not in love with myself. I did not like myself before the pandemic. I didn't know who I am, what my worth was, what I'm good at. So I was constantly like needing the presence of other people. But now I figured some shit out. Some shit probably haven't yet. So. We're just hanging out by myself. Is that soul searching? I probably. <laughs> I would say so. Like at this point, I'm just happy and I'm just kind of cruising until I graduate. Yeah, I like that. What's What's ten years down the road? Twenty years down the road? Ten years down the road, I'll be thirty-two. Probably have kids. Probably have a house. Playing, paying off my mortgage. I wanna. Go to Harvard Business School, be a VP at a fund, and then eventually start my own fund when I'm like probably 35, 38. Take my parents vacationing around the world. My dad loves to travel. Nice. I want to go places. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. I want to live. A, I want. I mean, I of course I could say all those things you just said, like um, like exact like career uh, career specifications it's like it's funny because I literally drew that out the other day and that's why I know the numbers uh-huh yeah <laughs> I would not have pulled them out of my ass uh-huh okay that's good that's reassuring I guess I thought you just had those <laughs> you <laughs> just had psychotic. those locked and loaded I'll be psychotic <laughs> no I think that just worked out I got bored one day so I started like drawing out my life plan like that's that's the person I am and did you do it in words or pictures on my iPad so like lines nice because there's a different, I mean, people learn in different ways, words versus pictures. I feel like that's a big one that people don't talk about. Also, like, you're, I, this is just completely random, but, like, your ability to explain, like, a concept, for instance, like, I think about it less in words and, like, I have an idea of the concept in my mind that I'm trying to say, and I'm kind of, like, detailing out the picture that I have in my mind. Because I feel like if you can... A lot of like maybe say you're going in for the v, uh, your first VC pitch and like your company like if you have an, like a very specific Im like image of it in your mind and you can like place it within within a story within who you are within like broader context and you can like just like just paint that picture really well that's everything like if you can like it's so much about telling a good story. And so, it, like, like mapping yourself out, or uh, like journaling, for instance, like which, like which I think is a totally under underrepresented, underhyped um, tool that you can use. Like, once you have that stuff better mapped out, you can tell the story of who you are, wh why you are, and why you want to go where you want to go way better, and it's like really convincing. And people like people buy story. into stories. That first story I told, I probably told like 50, 100 times because I'd be just talking to a lot of people, just pitching my story. Mm -hmm. And that's how like, I've honed in my message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what 
if you're a, if you're a founder, that's what you should do. Get really good at telling a story and placing yourself in as the hero. That's how Elizabeth Holmes did it. Yeah. She was a really good storyteller. Yeah. She's psychotic though. But yeah. She did it. Yeah. You're not gonna put on the black turtleneck. <sighs> this is close enough. Yeah, close enough. I mean, this is this is my version of a black turtleneck. Mm-hmm. The classic outfit. Yeah, the classic outfit. Interesting. Who are you friends with here? Who are my friends with here? Yeah, I'm just curious because you might know. Where do you live? Harbin, eighth floor. Oh, I don't know anyone there. Most of my. Who are your Who are your kids. mentees? What do they do? Um, most of them are in Darnell, three, four, five. Um, one I got into AE Pi. Nice. Who? Rishi. Yeah, of course I know Rishi. I just had dinner with him. Nice. How is he? I'm doing pledge stuff now. He's yeah. The end. Nice. Um, <laughs> I have a new few of the track guys for nice. freshmen. Um, but yeah. That's why. How do you think this all is gonna? It, this is all gonna end, like big, like a big picture. Like, I mean, I was gonna because I wanted to ask you about like, I mean, how far is is dopamine, dopamine the first step? Like, I have this dream of. Like, I think the brain is super fucking complex and that it's going to take a really long time, but I think one day we're going to be able to map it out, like, fairly Maybe. well. And Elon's I think that... Elon's already doing it. Say it again? Elon's already doing it. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm doing... Um, I'm working with, uh, like, half, half and half interning for Lavrock through uh, Georgetown Capital Partners, and we're doing, like... You know, Asher. Asher, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. one of my good friends. Nice. Yeah, I I only talked to him once, but he was really really sweet. He's really, really nice. nice. Definitely talk, leverage him more because he has a great network. Okay, good to know. Tell that came from me. Okay, I will. That was gonna carry weight. I will. <laughs> All right, sick. Um, oh, no, I'm yeah, so we're doing uh, BCI re- research right now, and it's and you're right. There's so many like companies like doing such cool things with like where we are right now, and I just think like in a hundred, two hundred, three hundred years, if we if we're able to make it that far, which I do, like I I'm like overall optimistic about the future of humanity, based on tech uh, like our ability to be selfish and use technology to self-sustain. Like I feel like a lot of people would take the like we're gonna use up all of our oil and we're not gonna stop climate change because we don't want to. But it's like I think above all else we don't want to die, and like we're gonna per- self-preserve at all costs. Eventually, we're gonna realize that climate change is real, and they're gonna do it. It's just gonna take a matter of time. Yeah, and they're gonna probably gonna have to wait till the very last second, and half the world's probably gonna get ravaged by. Because everyone procrastinates. Yeah, and it's it almost has to be like a visceral thing. Like a, a you have to see it to believe it. Like no, exactly. if you hear data, if you hear something about it, like a tsunami it's in the Philippines, no one in the U.S. cares. Like on, in all honesty, they only care about like making sure their families are right. But when they hear when there's a tsunami on the West Coast, then they're gonna then they're gonna start doing. They're, then they're gonna start getting their ass in gear. No, exactly. Yeah. Stupid place. You know that feeling of. Um, being super chaotic in your mind, having like, I don't know if you have it, but like, and it might sound psychotic, but like the thousand voices in your head, like pulling you in different directions, like all just like a lot of like mental chaos. And then you breathe and you, and everything goes quiet and you kind of like get that sense of peace. No, because I'd write everything down to a checklist. I'd just kind of do one thing at a time and just watch a TV show and everything just gets done. Wait, what? 
I don't have that moment because I just write everything down on a list, put it on a TV show, and do it, and everything gets done. You can multitask like that? Watch TV and do your shit? Yeah, because COVID happened, and I just got really, really fucking bored. <laughs> Damn. Like, I binge TV shows. It was like a... Like, I watched all of Grey's Anatomy uh-huh. in, like, two months. Nice. Damn. And you, got, and you got all your shit done. Yeah. Damn. See, I, I can only do one thing at once. Like, I'm super mo- monofocused, I guess you could call it. That's good, though, because you're concentrated. I'm just, like... I just do five things at a time and they just get done. Yeah, so if you have five things to do, are you going one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, or are you doing one, two, three, four, five, done? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, done? So you're not switching back and forth between things. That's that's monofocus. That's doing one thing at a time. Yeah, but I just do like, I don't know. I just don't want to explain it. It, Everything gets done. Yeah. Within like three hours. You're a good exe- you're a great executor. Like you just you just get it done. Which yes. which makes me a good operator. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Makes sense. You get shit done. Good to know. You get yeah. shit done. That's what everyone wants. They mm-hmm. want a person that can get shit mm-hmm. done. That mm-hmm. doesn't just talk. That can actually that like use your metaphor. Put the shovel in the sand. That can get shit done. Yeah, I was just always curious about what job I have, but then the operator makes sense because I can get shit done because I'm an executor. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Look at that. We're coming to realizations <laughs> on Max Def. <laughs> I uh, love it. On that note. Let's go. Let's end it on that. Good. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I don't cheers with water because my mom lived in Spain for six years and said it was bad luck. But Okay. So don't fucking dare cheers with water. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. but thank you. <laughs> I appreciate wow. this. That was fun. Yeah. What do you think? What do you? Why? why, why? What's in your head right now? <laughs> I just had a stack today, and I've just been with people the past twelve hours. Yeah. So I feel like the voices in the head is kind of a thing right now. <laughs> That's fair. But do you not get like after that twelve hours of being with people, like when you're alone, like I don't know, don't yeah. they all go away? I'm just gonna watch some TV. <laughs> nice. You were a fucking big TV girl. Wow. I don't yeah. like, I wouldn't have expected that, like, with all the no, shit you I just, like, I just put the TV on and I just watch it, and then it's just like, it's, uh, like, shit gets done. You make it sound like shit just magically gets done. I really don't know how to put it. It gets done. It just gets done. I mean, I mean, maybe it's as simple as that. I'm like two weeks ahead of work. Like, I'm gonna travel with my parents because I have so much stuff. I'm like, it's just gonna get done. Where are you going? Um, Virginia Beach. My dad nice. really likes hiking, so we're just gonna mess around. Nice. Fire. Do you, you travel a lot? My dad used to be a travel agent. So we're and so is that a yes? Yes. Favorite places? Do, um, it's hard to say favorite, because like, when people say favorite places, like I have favorites in different categories. Like People yeah. favorite, culturally favorite, food favorite, wildlife favorite, city favorite, beach favorite, warm favorite, cold favorite. Oh, I like the warm places. I like the warm places as well. <laughs> I like, I like beach, warm, white sand, uh, drink in hand uh, places as well. If we're, we're going to get specific about it. <laughs> um, I really love Vienna because of the culture. You can get lost in the city and it's absolutely gorgeous. I played, I played violin for 10 years and we did an international tour of Europe. Oh, that's so was, sick. We played in like all these different like cathedrals and chapels to raise money for local children's hospitals. God and damn it. You're it was, 
<laughs> it's so annoying how impressive you and how much oh. shit you've done. And if the fact like, that you still, like, like, make it seem like it's magic. It's so fucking annoying. It's just, like, I don't talk that much about myself because I used to do, like, everything. And it got to a point where I'm just, like, yeah. So I just don't really. That's why I'm quiet. If you don't, like, if I'm with a group, a big group of people, I'm just always the one listening. Yeah, and, and what are you listening for? I just listen. I just, like, people watch. Yeah. Like, before the pandemic, I would just sit in a cafe and just like, I like because like freshman too. year, I'll sit here uh-huh. because I don't get distracted. But like any of those other rooms, they're with glass. So yeah. I just like watch people go around. Like you, you'd be so surprised to see the relationships that can form by you just like existing. Mm. But you have to be re- like well, what I was talking about before. You have to be receptive of those of new relationships, which you are. But some like if if you were just existing. And, and you weren't open to it. I don't know how to explain it. No, you explained it well. It was good. I, uh, we were, I did, I mean, unless you had something. No. <laughs> we, did, we did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, but we, I didn't get to do Vietnam. So now that's, now that's on my list. We did Thailand, Miami, Laos. And is this all through violin or, or this is oh, with, this was this with, is with parents, dad? With nice. Parents. Nice. Um, what do your parents do? Are they super? What, what what's their type like? Are they similar to you? Like super execution my mom driven? My very 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 different to my dad. My mom is like in her own world doing her own thing. Like we, my dad and I just like leave her be. And then my dad, he flips houses in cool. San Francisco. He used to be a travel agent. So he likes doing stuff. Mm-hmm. That's I'm like very much a carbon copy of my dad. So mm. there we go. Interesting. I feel like I I have a. I can see my, uh, see both my parents in me like scarily much like my people person like outgoingness and today's gonna be a great day for my dad and some and maybe some of that cynical I know the world's gonna end nothing really matters. Uh, it's like it's <laughs> con- very contrasting. Yeah, but it's like it's only in the, when you're the product of those two vastly, compl- different, vastly different opposing forces that something like super cool. I mean, if I if I can call myself <laughs> super cool, which I can because I'm a vain piece of shit, uh, you create. Good to be truthful. <laughs> yeah, above all else, because if oh, you're exactly. not truthful, then you're a fucking liar. Right. Exactly. And exactly. I would. I feel like it's. I mean, when people lie, especially when people lie to themselves, that's like the most. I feel like that's like one of the most harmful things you can do, because like, especially like. Um, I was talking with a, I mean, this is completely fucking off topic, sorry. Um, I was talking with a psychedelic researcher from Imperial College London the other day. We were talking about bad trips, and I was like, yeah, I wonder how much of a bad trip is just people being forced to deal with their own demons, like the shit that they normally, like, wouldn't want to think about, like, all those, like, uh, pushed off, like, resentments that they have, like, coming up to the surface that they're, like, bombarded with, and, like, when they're in this state of mind, like, they have to, like, they're forced to confront in a way, and that's, like, bad to them, but that's also, like, the healing process that can come with that, but if you just don't lie to yourself, well, that's not true. If you do, I feel like not lying to yourself is, a uh, is really helpful. Maybe it won't stop all your demons, because life happens to you, but I feel like it helps a lot, and just just lying in general, even, like, little white lies, I feel like don't lie is, like, if I was going to write a book, that would be, that would be right, right up at the top. Do you want me to put you in contact with Eric? Yes, of course. You can join his summer session and, like, write a book. It's very, very helpful. <sighs> Does the book I have to be, like, nonfiction? Maybe I would fiction. assume so. 
Maybe nonfiction, fiction. I don't remember. So I, I have I have written a book, but it's weird. Like it's like I mean not weird. It's I'm heavily influenced by the psycho psychoanalysts and like particularly Jung and Freud, um, and I've read a bunch of them. Um, and so it's if I if I can tell you, it's a, I, I, like don't tell anyone about it. It's literally it's like a hundred. I'm sorry. Who am I going to tell? Yeah, I know. Uh, that's a that's a that's a thing. But like, I because I don't want to just like when you're like, yeah, I don't tell people my whole life story because people don't fucking care. Like they're they're in their own world. Like they don't care about you. But like now that I have you trapped here, I get I can tell you about my book because <laughs> you're not gonna leave just yet. So it's about this it's about this kid uh this kid named K who's my uh, my age and he finds out it's kind of set Soviet Soviet Russia Gulag Archipelago so he finds out he's gonna die in a month so he's like oh fuck I'm gonna die in a month and uh, it's like all the ex existential crisis all like everything that comes along with that um, but he like goes on all these journeys in his own head why are you laughing don't laugh at my story <laughs> no, you're just like I you never tell people your life story but I have you trapped here so it sucks to be you I'm gonna tell you my life story I just find that really funny okay good I'm glad you found it funny not scared um, yeah so he goes on all, all these adventures so I wonder if I could do something with that because I've already like written it out and edited it but I mean there's like obvious like in any work of fiction there's all or, like arguably more non-fiction than a lot of like really good literature I feel like why I'm like attracted like to great books is because I feel like they're almost more real than than anything else like if you can build a character that's based on a thousand people's experiences and all those experiences are real and then you translate that into, into one like meta person that has had all those like something like all those experiences or the the lessons of all those experiences the most important aspects of all those experiences isn't that more real than any of the thousand other little ones I do agree. That's why I wrote my book. Is I have no experience as an entrepreneur, but if I'm the one to bring a new perspective into the world, then I have value. That's the one thing that everyone offers, their own perspective. An eavesdropper. Yeah? A friend? Mm -hmm. Nice. Do we say hi? If you want to. Hi! <laughs> Did she smile? <laughs> she smiled by herself. She has headphones on. Nice. Alright, that's a good place then. We're good. That was Thanks fucking for dope. Me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah. I'm a little tired, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's from the day. Or from the conversation to be wary. It's from the day. Yeah. I have a lot of shit too. Oh, I'm so happy I don't have anything that I, I had like, weirdly, like, do you know a guy named Professor Alberto Rossi? He's leading the AI initiative here. He's super cool. You should meet him. Um, I talked to him today, and he was like, I'm gonna, bye, thank you.